0: Hello and welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. I am Joe Johnson and as usual I am joined by Imaginos
1: Pete. Hello, hello.
0: And Andrew Walker, Andrew, have you come up with a cool nickname? Yet? Oh man, I I have so <laughs>
1: many but none appropriate for for radio. I'll your, come up with one one day. That's your homework assignment. <laughs> I mean, we're only 5 weeks What about you, way. Joe? I'm going to go with Joe Hollywood. That's, uh, uh, that's I would have no. what I'm go I would up. have never guessed
0: that. I should have introduced myself. Never would, as would Joe have Hollywood. guessed it. I'll remember to do that next next time. <laughs> uh so we're going to we're going to deviate from the norm a little bit, I think, here today. Uh, The title of this podcast is Hollywood Crime Scene, Um, but what we're going to talk about today doesn't necessarily have to do with murders and mysteries or anything like that, but it is a fairly controversial and heated topic that uh, directly relates to the uh, Hollywood people uh, from the golden age of Hollywood and beyond. Um, Now, uh the intro that I came up with for this was uh we we had a uh former president who shall remain nameless who when uh was called out uh to uh be accountable he would use the phrase this is a witch hunt this is the worst witch hunt in the history of witch hunts and i would sit there and laugh and go i think there were worse witch hunts Uh, Number one on the list would be the witch where people died, (laughs) where people were hung and stoned
2: to death. Burned at the stake. (laughs) So I think
0: that would be number one on my list of witch hunts (laughs) would be the Salem witch trials. (laughs) And number two, with a bullet, uh, would be the blacklist, the Hollywood blacklist, uh, or what they called the Red Scare Uh, that would be number two on my list. And then the other witch hunt that our former president referred to would be way down on that list. (laughs) Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today is the Hollywood blacklist and and the impact that it had on on the entertainment industry, not just in Hollywood, but all over the country, Uh, where people's livelihoods were taken away from them because of accusations and innuendo, which is very, very similar to what happened in Salem. Yes. Uh, only in Salem, lives were lost in Hollywood, uh, jobs and careers were ended. Yep. I don't, you guys Some can correct do. me if I'm wrong, but uh, were lives lost during the Hollywood blacklist? We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um. But when your livelihood is taken away, that makes it tough to make ends meet. So... Um, So, yeah, so I did a little uh, research and and looked into it. Um, I'm not as familiar with this topic as I have been with past topics, so I'm going to default to you guys to kind of help fill this uh, hour. Um, But according to the history that I looked up, uh, the peak of the Hollywood blacklist was 46, 47, when things sort of got underway, and obviously it carried through to the 50s. And from what I read, for the most part, it kind of came to an end uh, when Dalton Trumbo, who we're going to talk more about in a little bit, uh, he it was revealed that uh, he was the writer on Spartacus yeah. and had the support of um, uh, Douglas Kirk yeah. Douglas. Yeah. Uh, now I'm I've learned some things about Kirk Douglas. I don't know if it's appropriate for this particular podcast, <laughs> but I I do applaud him for uh, coming to the aid of these blacklist writers and producers and stuff, and and basically bringing an end to this, this witch hunt that took place uh, in the 40s and 50s. Uh, some of the prominent names behind uh, this witch hunt uh, was, of course, Ronald Reagan and John Wayne. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, we touched on John Wayne a little bit uh, recently, where I, I was watching uh, I Love Lucy, uh, where John Wayne appeared on two episodes. One was the final episode of one season, and then the first episode of the following season, where Lucy steals his footprints from Grauman's Chinese Theater. And there's a comedy of errors where they try to get John Wayne to make new footprints, and they keep getting destroyed. And it's one of my all-time favorite episodes. But during uh, that episode, he kept referring to a movie that was in current production at the time, they kept asking what are you working on, John Duke? And, uh, he said, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on a movie called blood alley. And I'd always been curious, like I've never heard of that movie blood alley. So one day when I was getting, uh, DVDs through Netflix, uh, I said, you know what? Let's see if they have blood alley. And sure enough, when that, when D- Netflix was doing DVDs, they had everything. Mm-hmm. So I got blood alley and I sat there and watched it. and, I almost laughed out loud throughout the movie because it was at the height of the Cold War and it was so anti-communist that he must have used the word commie 30, 40, 50 times in that movie. We need to get these commies <laughs> off the boat. And I realized watching that movie that the word commie was used the way today the word libtard might be or liberal they weren't necessarily accusing these people of of practicing russian communism right they were mostly getting attacked because they were liberals they were pro-union and and stuff like that so so it was very back then
2: pro-workers rights
0: exactly so back then it was called commies today there's other words for it and made me realize that things haven't changed that much sure. since, the, uh, since the Red Scare. Um, so Ronald Reagan, of course, you know, the, the Republican poster boy was, was behind it. I was shocked to find out that Walt Disney played a major role in that and mm-hmm. named names and outed his uh, creators and animators, which kind of broke my heart because I had no idea um and yeah. and so, yeah, a lot of there were you know big names on both sides. There were the the finger pointers and the accusers, and yeah. then there were the defenders and uh, I applaud the defenders who said, Um, these people doesn't matter whether or not they practice communism. it's about being having your livelihood taken away from you because of your beliefs or your practices, which isn't right.' So it doesn't matter what you believe it shouldn't affect your livelihood and that that was the battle that um yeah, raged for decades the first amendment exactly yeah. exactly so imagine those Pete well, what yeah. did, what did you dig up um as you were researching this topic what jumped out at you
2: yeah well hollywood joe i'd like to first start off uh, to <laughs> tell everyone this when joe says that he's just kind of having to do some minor research. This is Joe. We, we had to put this in con- This is Joe we're talking about. Joe's minor <laughs> research is a dissertation for most other people. So I want to just put that out there before uh, Andrew and I start going there. People are like, oh, that sounds like Joe really knows what he's doing. He does. <laughs> no, for us, uh, for me, when we I was looking into this topic, I, I focused on R- Ronald Reagan because he was the head of the Screen Actors Guild Union at the time. Uh, this is around 46, forty six, 1946, 1947, when the House. Uh, um, uh, committee, it uh, was the Un-American committee, mm-hmm. uh, would meet. And he, I've I've read articles in, in the LA Times and in the San Jose Mercury News and so, and so on and so forth that have kind of watered down Reagan's involvement, so people who were defending him and then people who basically said, man, this guy was a snitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I feel the truth is somewhere in between where he never hid his views on communism. And he would say, I'm against the Soviet form of communism, the the horror stories you would hear. He would use anecdotal evidence that's saying, hey, I was at certain union meetings, and you would hear people saying, hey, I don't agree with you union bosses,' And all of a sudden they'd snap their fingers and the guy gets let out of there. It's like, what are you doing? And then they'd they'd use filibuster rules like, hey, I have a motion, I have a motion, until people just got sick and tired, would leave a meeting, and then they'd find out, hey, the union voted against Harry Truman's, proposal and so it's like Hollywood is against Harry Truman. They're like, wait a minute, you don't speak for the majority of us. So he would use these anecdotal pieces and and so he would discuss it and he had no problem. He, to be fair, he never went to the FBI. The FBI would approach him because he was very open about his anti-communist ways and saying, hey, I don't mind naming names. It's still, you don't have to name names, Ronald. You know, just because someone asks you, you could actually try to have a spine about it and say, well, I I don't mind them saying things. I just don't want them to subvert the Constitution. I'm like, well, that that's a very slippery slope because they're you're saying their words are going are in our attempting to subvert the Constitution. Well, that's and that's
0: protected in the yes. Constitution. if yes. you if you
2: disagree with them, then challenge them on their views and have an open, honest debate and say, oh, wow, you know, hey, your view, you know, we we can debate about it. Hmm. Don't try to silence them. And that's where Reagan should take fault, you know, and. The articles that would defend him would say, you know, they'd bring up, you know, how he spoke, he was a, you know, very anti racist. You know, he was he spoke out against the Ku Klux Klan, and you know, he would say, you know, we should treat people not judging by the, the, you know, the, their skin color and all that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, well, that's fine, but then in 1980, you announce your not your campaign at Philadelphia, Mississippi, where the three civil rights workers get killed, and talk about states' rights. So. Damn. You know, you think about the people that tried to defend Reagan when he was saying, oh, he wasn't the, the actual snitch that make him out, people point him out to be. No, he, he did damage. And like you said, Joe, uh, when you get named, uh, Stanford did a study uh, just that came out a, a couple of years ago. Even um, if you won an Oscar, you had a 9% drop if you were labeled as working with a, you were either a communist, you were on the list, mm-hmm. or you were working with D- Trumbo. Yeah, and other A-listers would see anywhere between a fifteen to sixteen percent drop. Actors would see a twenty percent drop. Writers were looking at thirteen to fifteen percent drop. One of them, and you know, we were talking about the criminal aspect of this. So, uh, actress Lee Grant, and I was she gave a eulogy for J. Edward Bromberg, uh, and saying that he was on that list, the original, and said his death was caused by mm. the stress from going through the Red Scare you know people not being able to get to work not able you know do your perform your art mm. no one would talk to you. everyone abandoned you and it was just based on accusations right. and yeah. that's what's so scary
0: about that and again comparing it to Salem you pointed a finger and that's then it. you had to defend yourself <laughs> against really flimsy accusations and it and it yeah, and it in was careers, and and, and, it was all
1: character yeah. assass- assassination. Exactly. There was no actual tangible evidence of oh, this person is trying to bring down America, you yeah. know, via exactly. radio waves or airwaves.
2: I, yeah. I think Trumbo had a famous thing. He said, "Show me." He was telling McCarthy, "Show me this evidence, and I'd be glad. I'll gladly talk about it." Yeah, that's,
1: that, that's a basic hallmark of American of the American legal system. You know, you can't just throw out stuff and then. Try yeah. to convince a judge to say, hey, this this is a bad person. Yeah. You have to provide hard evidence. See, oh,
0: guilty yeah. until proven innocent. And yeah. a yeah. lot of it came from, you know, they would see a movie and go, well, this movie kind of has themes. un-American uh, yeah, themes or ideals in it. And then it all, it would stem from that. And it's like, well, how do you define that? Like, you have a movie that might be pro-union that makes the creator a communist like Man, it was just all really flimsy and shoddy evidence.
2: The actress Lee Grant, who I was talking about, when she gave that eulogy saying that, hey, this red scare led to the death of my friend, Bromberg, they said, well, and then she refused to testify against her own husband, Arnold Manoff. Mm -hmm. So she got blacklisted for 12 years. Orson Welles was blacklisted because he, uh, uh, something called the Red Channel, a publication, wrote an article saying, you know, radio shows were are also, a place where people can do stuff, and Orson Welles was notoriously famous for having radio broadcasts and everything on top of you being don't a great say, actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so he was blacklisted for a while. And uh, yeah, I think what I you, you can see me checking out this real note here. Uh, Joe mentioned this. Uh, there are certain Hollywood actors and directors who formed a committee, I think it was, I think was, I have the name here, the Committee of the First Amendment, mm-hmm. and they went to DC and said, Hey, listen you may not agree with the hollywood 10 but they have a right to say it and we're here to fight for that right to say it and it, this this committee had you know bogart hepburn groucho marx lucille ball
0: yeah and I, I wanted to make yeah. sure to emphasize that, you know, part of the, the blacklist thing was naming names. And yeah. I want to name names right now because <laughs> yeah. I want right. to give credit to the people who were responsible for protecting the rights of these creators. Right. Uh, you mentioned some of them, but uh, John Huston, the, the yep. great director, yep. uh, Bogart recalled Judy Garland, Danny Kaye, um, these were people who fought for the rights of these creators. So they, I want to applaud them. And,
1: and it's, a, it's, in my opinion, a very brave uh, and useful use of celebrity, mm-hmm. you're you're in a you're in a position of power. You're sort of a middleman between the working class audience and the wealthy executives, right. and you're trying to say, "Hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit." This this is not going to go the way you think it is. Yeah, you're yeah. going to end up hurting a lot of people, possibly getting people killed. You're because of your, right because of your yeah. I- ignorant rhetoric.
0: Now, I you mentioned a name briefly. I want to expand on that a little bit. Um, there was a very, very famous person who got caught up in the Red Scare, probably the most famous face in the history of the world. Um, I've read articles that said that more people in the history of the world has have seen the face of Lucille Ball more than any other person alive. And people would counter and say, well, no, Jesus is more famous. Well, how many people saw Jesus's face? Not <laughs> yeah. a Does lot anyone of people know? Have
1: seen, look— Nobody looks like what exactly about, i think the only other person might be elvis yeah yeah i, I mean that I, I think she'd be on that level yeah wow. and and
0: because i love lucy has been in reruns all over the world for such a long time that more people have seen her face than anyone else to think she got caught up in the red scare and her career was in jeopardy and the story goes i, I read her um her autobiography right she wrote an autobiography that got published posthumously Uh, where she said that her grandfather, who pretty much raised her after her father died, uh, was a communist. And he would hold little meetings in the garage and stuff like that. And when she was young and it came time for her to vote, her grandfather urged her to register as a communist. And she didn't know the difference between communism and republicanism and uh, democrats. Yeah, she was
1: probably pretty. Kind of, pretty young, right? Probably yeah. Like, I mean, 18, you, 19, 20 yeah. probably.
0: And so she just kind of appeased her grandfather to make him happy. Well, somebody went digging for dirt, probably Hedda Hopper, because Hedda Hopper was the lead witch hunter. <laughs> and um, so she, Lucy said she was listening to a, a radio broadcast or something, and they did this little teaser, like, witch Famous redhead is a red, you know? And she's like, ooh, I'd like to hear this, you know? <laughs> and then it, it was brought to our attention that they were talking about her, and she was like, oh, no, I'm done. And I read that uh, Desi Arnaz, her husband, appealed to J. Edgar Hoover himself and said, my wife is not a communist. Here's what happened. And J. Edgar Hoover m- went public and cleared her name. But wow. she, her career... Could have been over, um, because of people digging for dirt and pointing fingers and making accusations. And That's
2: the '50s version of, of going through your Twitter feed, and your Facebook. <laughs> That's right. Hey, back in 2013, yeah. <laughs> Lucy
0: Ball tweeted, "Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I knew, I knew that she had been accused of of yeah. leftist sympathies. I didn't know, I didn't know the anecdote about uh, Desi." Trying to personally intervene. Yeah, but you have to. Think. That's 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 pretty amazing yeah. to have such a a hard ass like Jay Edgar Hoover publicly do a one eighty. <laughs> uh, I I guess I have to. I mean, as much as I hate that guy, I mean, at least that's one thing. Well, I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, let's also see. Uh, you wonder what concessions he might have squeezed out of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, saying, "Hey, maybe next time when we need someone." Right. Don't speak out about us, you know, going after people. Hey, hey, or hey,
1: I think possibly because this would have been the perfect time. Hey, you uppity Cuban, you, you, you're not going to. Are do- your papers in order? Yeah, you're not. You, well, you're not going to say anything uh, in favor of Castro now, because that also that yeah, was the right. same time, late fifties. Right. Right. Yeah. But also, I think what well, might have played she, a role in this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. W- was she accused earlier? Like, a pro- like about what?
0: I I, I I want to say in the fifties, but I'm yeah. not positive. Okay. I don't have the date in front of me, but I think it was in the fifties where she was pretty famous and married to Desi at this point. Okay, but um... Andrew, do you but
2: do you guys think it had an effect? Like, even if Jagger comes out and clears it, you know, it's like after you let it marinate for about a month or two, and then say Jen and Hoover comes and says, "Hey, she's clear," and you go, "Wow," the the clearing part was like a little blurb that came out.
0: Well, here's here's my theory. I think. That had these accusations been made against this incredibly famous person, maybe it would have turned the tide and had America thinking, "Well, wait a second, maybe we need to rethink this. Right. So maybe that's why they felt like they needed to say, okay, she's different. You she's know what? She's not like that's, the others. That's right?
2: a really good point because yeah. they say, well, if it's Lucy. <laughs> exactly. It can be that bad. America's housewife,
0: you know, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So so she got caught up in that. And uh, yeah. So think about the, the, the f- most famous people that got caught up in this uh, this witch hunt. It, it's scary to think that it could happen. If It could happen to Lucy. It could happen to anybody. Sure. But
2: the concept of the witch hunt still exists in Hollywood. Right. I mean, you think about after when 9-11 happened because we just you yeah. know, and then, you and know, the there ju- were
1: so many songs that were censored. Yeah. I mean, not even Hollywood, but on FM radio.
2: And then anyone that disagreed with the subsequent war in Iraq, because, hey, it had to be tied to 9-11, like the Dixie <laughs> Chicks, were notoriously blacklisted. Oh,
0: you know? yeah. Yeah, because they said, they said we're embarrassed that uh, W uh, is from Texas, right. the same state that they were from. And their career ended.
1: Yep. Ended with they were, that comment. They were, they were extremely hot in 2002, 2003. Right. But the moment they opened their mouth about Iraq. Yeah. And not because they were pro nine eleven; they were, was, they no, were just
2: anti war. No, exactly. no
1: uh, maybe three thousand people in the world were actually <laughs> pro nine right. eleven, and I think they might have been, right, be done with in Afghanistan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but.
0: But no your point is yeah, yeah it still continues to this day yeah. and and it's the liberal you know liberal elite hollywood versus um you know the the trump supporting republicans and it's it's still happening both ways i mean depending on what your beliefs are but you, you know they use the term woke or canceled today uh it's no different than what was happening uh 50 60 70 it's, years it,
1: ago i think it's just another example of uh culture proxy wars being fought in places where maybe they shouldn't be fought.
2: I would say it's worse now, though, right? Because it happens so much faster. Right, the, and we don't know? have
1: time to process things and yeah. to get over things in a healthy way because of the media.
2: I mean, but do you think Desi could have, it, had this happened now, Do you th- it, had Twitter and Facebook and, and TikTok and all that existed back in 1950, do you think Desi would have had a chance to get ahead of this?
1: Only, only
0: if, <laughs> no, they would have been reacting, yeah, yeah. instead of being Even preventative. Even Hoover, Hoover yeah. like, what do you want me to say, man? I go out <laughs> there, they're not, like,
2: it's a fake account. Yeah, yeah. That's not really Hoover. <laughs> it, it's a character actor. Yeah, that's right. right? you get the Alex Jones types <laughs> out there. <laughs> like that's not really the jagger J- J- Hoover. A hoax. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, still, still happening today. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what needs to be done to for all of us to get together on this. And you know, one one thing that I really hate is is when uh, critics will tell a a celebrity, an actor, or an athlete. Uh, shut up and act or shut up job, and play yeah. basketball i don't agree with that it, they have a a podium they have a pulpit where they can speak to their followers, their fans. How dare people tell them that they shouldn't take advantage of that? I wish I had people right. caring what I said. I would, I would use that. So I don't think they should shut up and stick to their job. Right. They're no. voters. They're Americans. Uh, they have every right to say what they want. I
2: mean, to could say. you imagine? Shut up and be a plumber. Yeah, you're a plumber. You plumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're a carpenter. You do. You know, you're an electrician. You're a machinist. You're, you're a bartender
1: yeah i i, Who cares, I, you know? I, I think the, the the main thing is using uh whatever negative stereotype about that person's position is yeah as a cover for subconsciously subconsciously saying oh well i i think uh you're kind or you're getting kind of uppity you know uh why are you guys protesting in the streets you know just act just you know even, and even really, when pe- when you hear people either in public or in per- in in person say consistently say things like that you're like oh you don't dislike them because they're an actor or a basketball player there's something deeper going on there, right yeah and that's that that implicit that subconscious implicit passive aggressive shit is what today we're trying to deal with you know because people are trying to be smarter and trying to hide their whatever negative ism yeah and couch it in different terms but Well, let's let's talk about the
0: Oscars. You know, a a lot of actors are criticized for using uh, their acceptance speech to, uh, you know, push some agenda or whatever. And again, millions, if not a billion, people are watching the Oscars. That's your opportunity to say something that is close to you, is important to you. You have this audience watching you, and yes, I have to admit that as a viewer, you kind of roll your eyes when. You know, person after person after person make some sort of a statement, but can you really blame them? Can you blame them to be given a minute or two minutes with a billion eyes on you? And it uh, also
2: depends, right? When you get someone from when it's someone from 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 another nation that that you know if they come from Mexico and they're talking about the kidnappings and they want to speak about that, then you go, okay, well, you know, sure, they come from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they escape North Korea and they 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 make a movie and they want to talk about it. You might listen to that compared to, I guess you know how people treat you know George Clooney. He comes in and like you know we are the Hollywood elite and like, we just want to talk. And you're like Oh, George, easy. <laughs> you grew up here. At least they came from a place that experienced direct hardship, so we'll give them. We won't do the eye roll as much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a platform. Use it. You applaud them for using it. How are they? Then you go like, okay, please God, <laughs> come on, I'm with you. But now we're three minutes, and now you're yeah. going. I think it's the quality of what you're going to say. I think they, you know, Joe, let me ask you something. If you had the opportunity, like you get nominated, let's say you get nominated for, I'm going to pick editing. Okay. You, and you say, okay, wow, I'm I'm in the editing category. I got 30 seconds because John Williams <laughs> plays me off. So you so you know in your head, I got 30 seconds. This is what I'm going to say. Yeah. And hopefully you say it. Instead, you know, what if you start rattling on and on? You know, first of all, I want to get to Yeah. You know, there, there's something to that.
0: Yeah. Now, my thing is, like, when I watched the last Oscar ceremony, I felt like the more, the bigger the award, the more I would concede, okay, say what you got to say. But when someone would win an Oscar for, you know, best sound editing or sound mixing or whatever, and they're up there talking about something, it's like, just... Get your award and let's keep the show moving. And maybe that's not fair. I don't know, but or keep it. Or keep. Be, <laughs> be aware that
2: you have thirty seconds. Thank yeah. who you want to thank, and then say, "Listen, I I, I stand with the people of so and so. You know, yeah. whether it's Israel, it's Palestine, whatever. I stand with the people of so and so." Yeah. And say, okay, then because they're going to interview you behind stage. Yeah. That so, someone's going to talk to you. Yeah. So then you just go expand on it there,
1: and and everybody is going to put on social media and news like, oh, this person spoke up for this group right, of people or whatever, and I think a lot of it is length and also being if if you're being like overly preachy yes your your tone, the way you come across you're all right of a there. sudden gonna you're of course have turned off more more so likely uh conservative people watching it, yeah. but even more people who might think like you might say, all right, buddy, let's, okay. Clooney had that his <laughs>
2: speech, right, that even South Park made fun of. It was like, you know, we are the elite. It's like, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> you actually said that? Like, oh George. Yeah,
1: and, and it, a lot of it's just people being so, uh, not self-aware about certain things, right. and,
0: yeah. And, and here's something I'm uh, sitting here thinking about. You know, we say that uh, a lot of this is still happening today, yes. what was happening in Hollywood, you know, 60, 70 years ago, but I feel like the, the tide's kind of shifted a little bit if that's the right analogy but think about you know when this was happening late 40s 50s yeah you had you know your john waynes ronald reagan's walt disney's who were you know espousing is that the right word uh american ideals and values
2: uber patriots
0: today those people are scott Bayo, kevin sorbo uh what's her name from the mandalorian and <laughs> they're being kind of mocked and ridiculed as being out of touch and almost borderline nuts. So what happened, what happened in those 50, 60, 70 years where, where they kind of felt like they were speaking for the majority of Americans now seem to be speaking on a small vocal minority. It's kind of interesting to see that shift that's happened over the decades.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think um, maybe people like Scott Bayo and who else did you say? Kevin, Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. Be- uh, yeah. People who have been – Steven Seagal. <laughs> people who have been uh, out of touch, I guess, with uh, you consider mainstream uh, w- within their career, probably the last 20, whatever, 20 years for those guys. And you have to n- wonder, like, okay, are they just doing this to get attention or do they really have these – hard political views or are they just kind of nuts? It's got to be one <laughs> Some of, one, one Some of the might. three or a combination. Two, yeah, yeah. two of the three for what's her name? Uh, Gina Carano from Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 She, she was in a very, she had the opposite. She was in a very good spot yeah. opposite way of like Kevin Sorbo or whatever. On one of the hottest new TV shows. Uh, I, I liked her character. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, she she didn't know when to keep her mouth shut on I guess trans issues or gay issues pronouns whatever and so, vaccines
0: too I think yeah, she so was like anti vaccine yeah
1: and I I just read a couple of her tweets here and there and I thought, honey, you, just stop. But I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: play devil's advocate <laughs> right. here because here we are talking about the, the blacklist in the 40s and 50s where people lost their livelihood because of their beliefs or or whatever today. People like Gina Carano, is, is, she yeah, lost her livelihood yeah. because she s- vocalized what she believed. And how That's is correct. that different? Yeah, it's, now, I might not necessarily agree with her, right? but how is her suffering the consequences of freedom of speech is different
1: than what happened in the I, 40s and I, 50s? I, I think in the particular thing, the particular differences in the f- 40s and 50s, it came – from top down from the state, <laughs> from the federal government. Yeah, right, right, right. Threatening people with possible jail time yeah, if you don't. or deportation, yeah. If you don't comply with, you, you know, coming to Congress. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, let's, So, us go. Versus uh, Twitter and Instagram and <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. yeah and uh, uh, tabloid level, yeah. mo- you know, a lot of the time. Just yeah, I think uh, surf- you, surface level. That's a really of, good
2: point. Back then, there's. Legality involved here. It's just basically, would you lose the sponsorship money?
1: Right, and, and 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 the way I view it is, uh, when when you you're such a high pro profile person like a a, a sports celebrity or movie star, musical artist, um, your your audience pays your livelihood, mm-hmm. right? So that would be like if if we went into one of our jobs and started just acting against. Everything your company stands for, or you do something that yeah, the makes the flights. company yeah. right. lose uh, three million dollars next quarter, <laughs> you're going to have consequences. Now, yeah. it, the 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 I think the most civil thing we can talk about is does a punishment fit the crime? Right, right. Like if somebody said a bad word 13 years ago on Twitter, sh- should we say, "Hey, man, no, <laughs> yeah, I, we're 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 gonna we're gonna blacklist you"? But if somebody has been Credibly accused of sexually harassing forty-six women, we might need to, you know, possibly pump the brakes. Yeah, right. So, you know, we got to yeah. There's a difference. We got to have a there's a spectrum. A decent, yeah. understanding of stuff.
2: Well, look at it this way, Clint Eastwood. Very you know, you could say that you know he he's on the conservative end, and but his work speaks for itself. Right, uh, but it's really tough to say. So, am I not supposed to? I love Where Eagles Dare. I love Kelly's Heroes. Uh-huh. Those are movies I grew up watching. He
1: he he's really conservative, conservative, but I don't think he's a, a like a jerk about it. He's stubborn. He's a stubborn old dude, but he's I mean, not. He tried, a, he
2: tried doing the chair thing, which was kind of weird. That, <laughs> right. That I mean, that was
1: that <laughs> was that, that was dumb. Yeah. And uh, some of his more recent movies you know, like okay, maybe he's over glorify, glorifying things like maybe with American Sniper and yeah, sure. but I don't think he's the kind of guy that would try to ruin other people if somebody was liberal. Like a lot of the people that have been in his recent movies are hardcore liberals. Uh, yeah. Olivia Wilde was in the yeah bo- the movie about the bomber in Atlanta. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see it, but I heard it was decent. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. So Clint, I think Clint Eastwood is still a, a decent example of an old stubborn conservative guy in Hollywood.
2: But they would try to cancel him, right? The current crowd would say, oh, my God, look what he's trying I, to do. I, I,
1: I heard some. I don't know if I heard it. people trying to cancel him, but I could be and, wrong. And he's almost
0: untouchable. I mean, yeah. his track record. I mean, yeah. if he got canceled like, today, what impact would that have on his career sure. and his body of work? You know? sure.
2: or, or John Voight, maybe. John Voight, yeah. who has a very famous liberal considered daughter in, in, in Angela yes. and Jolie, but John Voight has done great work, but... You know, he's got his views. And and
1: I, I think of a lot of it, especially in Hollywood and a lot of other high-profile places, high-powered places. Um, as long as you don't snipe too many people behind the scenes, yeah. you know, they can still keep a, a certain sort of relationship with you. Yeah. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, be... I don't think Eastwood has sniped too many people like, that we know of that we, that we know of well yeah, yeah. I'd
2: be very interested to get your both your opinions on this the ability to co- compartmentalize oh yes where you could disagree with someone's views Joe like you were saying but say I appreciate the art that they did yeah. you know god forbid I'm not saying this happened but oh my god I think I made this com- some similar comment before Vincent Van Gogh poisoned school children <laughs> but you go to the Van Gogh exhibit, and you're like, oh, my God, it's such beautiful work with Yeah, monster. Sure. Yeah, we talked about that uh,
0: episode or two ago about yeah. whether or not uh, a person's uh, personal failings affect uh, their right. body of work and, and whether it alters that. And for me personally, if we're slightly apart, and this applies to friends and family too, if we're slightly apart, I think you can reach a consensus and have a, an intelligent discussion. But yes. when you start talking about the fringes, the far left and the far right. I'm not going to go one way or the other. There's there's fringes on both sides. That's when you start questioning. Like, do I want to continue to have this relationship with this person Absolutely. because they're so far out there? Absolutely. So, yep.
1: Yeah. It's all at the end of the day. It's what are all of us willing to tolerate? Yeah. Exactly. So. Right. Yeah. Now, but uh, just one last thing because there was uh, one movie that I wanted to mention, and this will only be a minute. Um, but talking about separating the art from the artist, um, Woody Allen, who I think has made some excellent movies, yeah. especially in the uh, 70s and 80s. He starred in a movie, but he is one of the rare ones that he didn't write and direct, and it was, it was called The Front from 1976. Huh. I've never heard and, of and it. And it has to do – yeah, it wasn't popular, and of course it wasn't as good as, you know, if, if he would have written it and directed right. it. Um, Actually, I – I had not seen it. My dad had mentioned it to me, and he's like, "Yeah, it's okay." I mentioned to him, "Hey, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast on this topic on the Red Scare." He's like, "Yeah, I remember seeing this when I was a young man." Just like he said it, just like Woody Allen. You know, i, I the only reason I saw it was because Woody was in it. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to bring that up because I read about it, and it seems to be a decent movie. It's not as, I guess, as funny as his typical movies, right. but there's. He, of course, he, he can't not be comedic in whatever he does. So anyway, it's called The Front from 76. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, a, a little while ago, you, you used the phrase, uh, does the punishment fit the crime? And that got me thinking uh, about Dalton Trumbo. Right. Uh, and, and since you just promoted a movie, I'm going to promote the movie please, Trumbo. Please do. Uh, yes. Trumbo I saw in theaters, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it deserved more... Oscar recognition than it got. Brian Cranston was, I thought, yeah, was amazing terrific. as yeah. Trumbo. Um, and so I was curious, and I, I, I like uh, searching for websites that take uh, historical uh, Hollywood movies and call them out and, and, you know, we call it fact versus fiction, which which movies uh, are, are factually more accurate than others. And so I did that for Trumbo. I was like, Trumbo, fact versus fiction. What I found out is that Trumbo's daughters uh, were instrumental and, and adamant about telling an accurate story in that picture, so they the movie is very, very accurate, other than streamlining a little bit to just tell a more you know right. uh, articulate story. yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing that's so shocking about not just the movie but uh, Trumbo in real life is that he was jailed for 11 months. Went to prison. And and earlier you mentioned that, you know, one of the differences between now and then is it came down from the government right. Yes. that yes. he was forced to testify. And when he refused to answer their questions and refused to admit whether he was a communist, he was jailed on contempt. Uh, it's, that's it, it's, so it's, it's, shocking I, to me.
1: I don't. I don't know what's, we, how more un-American you can get with yeah. something like that. Oh, what a bad lawyer. That's pretty sick. Yeah, well, well that yeah. Too. what a
2: bad defense team. But then there's
0: a great line when he's in prison and he ran into some politician who was part of the, you know, the blacklist uh, uh, group there. And the politician was like, well, 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 look at we're both in the same prison and. Trumbo supposedly said, "Yes, but only one of us committed a crime." And
1: I thought that was such a great line. He, yeah. The, the little bit I know about him, I've read about him. I haven't seen the movie, but it's, he seemed like a brave dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, and and he had some snappy comebacks with uh, with a lot of stuff. Oh, so, with McCarthy, yeah. Extremely intelligent dude, and yeah, he, he he should be viewed, I think, more as a as a hero for uh, free speech than. Well, I think then he was redeemed most know about him. he was yeah. redeemed
0: later because uh there were two movies, and I don't have it here in front of me, but there were two movies that he wrote that were are, were Oscar winners, I believe, but other people got the credit because he wasn't able to put his name on those movies. He later was recognized the the academy was able to present him with a, an Oscar in his lifetime for one of those movies, and then I think he was credited posthumously for another movie. Uh, and then, of course, there was Spartacus. You know, I um, I, re-
1: I haven't seen the movie, but I read he he did get credit for uh, Exodus with Paul Newman. Yes, it came Resultals. out in 1960, which I don't know anything about. I definitely haven't seen it, yeah. but maybe is it more like a Ten Commandments type?
2: I have no, no idea. No, no, no. I that?
1: not I don't know anything about it. I just came across the title.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no. It's been so long. I have no idea. I <laughs> so, probably have to rewatch that movie. That, Despite I
0: mean, everything that he went through, I think he, history has vindicated him. And obviously, America looks a lot more lightly on your political beliefs and whether or not that should uh, affect your livelihood, but like i said it's it's still happening today
1: right i and i i think a, a big lesson here to, to that we can apply is um we can't let the state legislate speech like they tried to do and that um, both no sides. And, and, and it goes both, right. ways. Bo- yeah. both both sides but also we need to apply that to social media and not try to be a scold about everything and then I've, in our personal lives of well, course, and just be more chill about stuff i mean
2: it's interesting <laughs> though because now they're appointing committees that monitor speech for these social media platforms right and, and I, those are the, the next
1: level that things was
2: kind of like what are you guys doing giving this random group of individuals power to censor whose posts on right. what social media and is considered
1: i i think we'll eventually see reforms in that area because i'm hoping i mean if you think about it in the, the arc of history there are always whistleblowers that will be like sure hey let's pump the brakes on this i <laughs> i just got fired from this company i have receipts uh like with uh, recently in the last 2 days with uh Twitter have you guys read about that uh one of the guys who got fired was saying hey there are people that can hide that work there who can hijack any account and pretend they're a famous verified person oh wow so i mean, I mean that makes it's,
2: sense cuz you're at the you're at the nerve center
1: <laughs> so yeah, we're i on. hopefully it's let's terrifying. cross our fingers and pray that this brings about reform sure. against the big tech companies too
2: well you know joe and you guys mentioned this something about you know stuff being uh, deemed a crime you're talking about speech. Now if you protest, they could say, well this protest even if you have a permit is now considered disturbing the peace. So you guys are out. It, that's a crime. You're disturbing the peace. Yeah. A cop a police can use that for anything. Like, yeah, okay, that person says you're disturbing them, so you're out. So, yep. Their feelings trump your rights. Yeah. So it's 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 very sketchy times right now. Right. Well, like you with, like with any protest,
1: you, you got to make sure you don't uh, Rub the authorities the wrong way, or they will come down on you. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you gotta snip at their heels a little bit. You know, oh, yeah. to, to move to move things along, you know.
0: Yeah, I uh, had a footnote on on John Wayne. You know, obviously he was the driving force behind, behind the House on uh, on American Activities Commission and all that. Um, but even <laughs> even John Wayne wouldn't cross the line. And when I saw this, this sort of made me laugh. So he was he was so. Uh, well-known for his anti-communism stance that Soviet leader Joseph Stalin said that he should have been assassinated for his views despite the fact that Stalin was a fan of his movies. Um but uh, John Wayne was a member of the John Birch Society and oh I'll boy. have to look up more information about that but he left the organization when they uh announced that a Florida, I'm pronounce this correctly. fluoridation of water uh, was a communist plot. <laughs> and John Wayne said, all right, uh, Maybe these guys are a little too far right. off there. It's
1: kinda of like the uh the general in uh Doctor Strangelove. Oh, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Take it down and well, that it. that's the same with Alex Jones. I was with you with the Lizardmen. Chemtrails? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go with you on that. You know? That's right. Lizardmen, you yes. Had
0: me, you had me at yeah. Um another thing I was surprised to learn is and, and it's funny, you know, with these podcasts we're doing, some names keep coming up over and over. And on a recent uh, podcast we did about uh, organized crime in, in uh, L.A., uh, a name came up, uh, William Wilkerson, who uh, he, he owned Ciros, which is now the comedy store. Oh, yeah. And I he that. Yep. started construction on the Flamingo in Vegas, Uh, which then was taken over by Bugsy Siegel. Uh, And he also founded The Hollywood Reporter, and basically he's credited with starting this whole blacklist thing because he had that trade newspaper where he could say whatever he wanted with no repercussion, and he probably skimmed lawsuits by not necessarily naming names, but like I said with Lucy, you know, what, well-known redhead, blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah, yeah. As
2: long as the question, the whole Rush Limbaugh defense. I'm, I didn't say that you yeah. were a demon. What but, if you were yeah. a demon? It's, it's
1: plausible deniability. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So William Wilkerson uh, kind of opened the floodgates and everything came from that. So that was a little interesting uh, tidbit that I learned as we I were mean, doing but our You
2: research. both are right, though. Crimes were committed. People lost their jobs. People, whether they, it led indirectly to their depression, death, it ruined lives. People could no longer go there. I mean, oh yeah, it it's, doesn't always have to be murder, like you said.
1: Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, it yeah. was definitely a, a crime and with with an intent, yeah, to cause whether reputational or social or and political you, harm.
2: Ex- and you know this this was almost I feel and it's a little bit of a stretch, but it kind of applies. This was kind of like Hollywood, how Afghans how Afghanistan pe- people would say, oh, they're part of Al-Qaeda, and then mm-hmm. we would take them out and put them yep. in Abu Ghraib or, or rendition them elsewhere Oh, just because they were getting rid of personal it, vendettas. It was, us. oh, yeah. And so if somebody yep. in the Hollywood Reporter said, you know what? I don't like that producer, Kami. Oh, sure. You know there's <laughs> a lot of that
0: stuff going on,
2: you know, especially like the women. You know, the,
0: the women in Hollywood, If they were if they were confident, if they were independent, they were labeled nut jobs. And, you know, I, again, this is something else we talked about in the past. Catherine Hepburn yeah. was labeled uh, box office poison because why? She she wore trousers and was independent. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of that going on, like trying to, uh, you know, sully somebody's reputation because maybe she spurned your advances. Right, yeah. like
2: some
1: sort of deep subconscious psychological yeah. thing about seeing one image of somebody and it, you know, oh. I don't like that person. Yeah. But this all played. She, in know, the, she's wearing it. <laughs> exactly. This
2: all played the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood red scare contributed to when Hollywood, we were talking about the golden age of Hollywood. When it started off, you had a lot more women actors, yes. women writers, yeah. women directors in the twenties and thirties. And all of a sudden you get right. There's that three decade part where you're like, where all the women go? Yeah. And positions of power. Exactly. Now I'm going to, I'm going to throw
0: something else out with, uh, we got about 10 or so minutes left. Um, one of the things that you know these these Hollywood conservatives were afraid of back then were, were these messages that were embedded in these movies. What impact do you think these movies would have had on America as a society? Like, they put I think they put too much weight in movies having an impact on the way people thought. I guess, but I mean I could cite examples, and this is kind of a silly example, but let's let's take a look at Saturday Night Fever. So Saturday Night Fever wa- was a, a newspaper article, which I guess found out later it was mostly fictitious, but supposedly this article, magazine article or whatever, was talking about the nightlife in some s- a small part of New York or whatever where people wear gold chains and go disco dancing and, and stuff like that. And they turned that into a movie movie. And what was originally just what was supposed to be a small faction of people who did this, this movie comes out, and what happens? People all over America start wearing the the collars and the gold chains and go out and start disco dancing, and the Bee Gees blow up and all this. So movies can have an impact. Absolutely. But I think it's more on pop culture and stuff like that. Were they giving movies too much credit um, in brainwashing Americans to vote communist or to vote liberal or what what are what 's your take on that
2: i I think they did because if you look at i've i 've seen articles i 've seen uh, uh reports that people cite the oh we didn 't do a good enough job in the late, from forty seven to sixties are basically the years of the red scares i think they looked at Had we done a better job those themes and messages from those movies would not have given rise to the hippies of the 60s and 70s and the counterculture where everybody was against the government they were anti-war we were trying to stop the communists from sp- communists from spreading in Vietnam and it's these guys that 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 broke us you know we were trying to do in Korea they were trying to you know and and then look what happened you had the 60s and 70s where America was down you know everything was bad then Reagan comes in the 80s and it's <laughs> America's on the comeback <laughs> And you kind of think, yeah, they were trying to sully movies, like everything in the 70s, like the good guy, the anti-hero, yeah. how, what's how it's to say writer, about America? that yeah. sort of thing, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it can. People, I could see conservatives, they, and they used that. They said, we didn't do a good enough job. Had we listened to John, had we listened to Walt, mm-hmm. had we listened to, you know, uh, Ronnie, we probably might have st- nipped this in the bud, but look what happened. Mm. Look at that generation. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always
0: I, I hear the term, you know, pre-code, uh, the Hays Code in Hollywood where, you know, you couldn't see a, a married couple share a bed. I just watched a movie recently where the husband and wife were in separate beds, and I'm like, really? Um, I always wondered, like, if there wasn't a Hayes Code at the time, what would have been the direction of movies? Because they got, they got pretty saucy, they got pretty racy there, and then the Hays Code stepped in and... Really cracked down on things, and it kind of made filmmakers more creative on how to yeah. depict sex. Like it was off camera, you'd see a yeah. train in or a tunnel like more, or yeah, something. More,
1: more creative, and
0: so you got to wonder if the restrictions that you know the Hollywood conservatives at the time and the Hays Code and all that put on these movies were there still ways to get your message out and be more <laughs> oh, yeah. subtle
2: about it. Yeah. If yeah. you're if you're a true creative, you can you right. If have. you're
1: how how good of a writer and visual artist are you? That, that's what it comes down to when you're trying to convey <laughs> a subtle message.
2: What were some of those? If you play the record backwards, you can hear a message. It's devil music. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's right. And we're going to talk about influence of commie movies. After both my grandpas saw It's a Wonderful Life, they immediately started voting communist. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because that bank was... was oh. Old man, Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kill you, him. You you've, you've heard of the, that? Yeah. that film was... The FBI did apparently look into that film. Oh yeah, looking it was back, on definitely
0: it, anti-capitalism. Yeah,
1: it's just funny funny to
2: think about. I've seen absurd takes of saying that Garland's ruby slippers was a red nod to yes. communism. You go, what uh, in the love of? It's rubies, guys. What color yeah. are rubies?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was to take advantage of the technicolor process that
1: had recently been invented. So her her, yeah. her slippers were in the story silver. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, originally they were silver, and then, like I said, to take advantage of the new, yeah, technical process, they needed process, a, a they red so to pop. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that where the conservatives were finding things that they were squinting and looking for, trying to going, find. If I squint real hard, I can I, see, oh, I see communist a, I see manifesto. A face <laughs> in the wall.
1: It's Jesus. Yeah,
2: no, and like yeah, I mean this is a. Uh... No, Joe. Yeah, uh, movies can influence. I think movies and they almost
1: they they should be
2: able. to. Yeah, influence. they should be able to. Yeah, you go there to see like it's a commentary on what's what creators think is happening at their yeah. a, at the time. You can yeah. disagree. You can agree with it. Yeah, and in
0: some ways, they're they're time capsules where yeah. they're uh, capturing a specific mood and look and feel of the time. But other times, movies create that. They, oh yeah, they create what comes next. I, I find it fascinating, and that's why I have such a love of film. Is is I don't think people realize the impact that films have on on pop culture in America and society and and stuff like that. But I still feel that the conservatives of the blacklist era were, were giving films a little too much credit in being able to subvert young yeah. minds. People are going to make their decision one Music way or another. Video games, yeah.
2: And, and in movies and television. It has to yep. be them. It can't be anything else. Yeah, they get
0: blamed for all of society Violent video
1: ills. games for shooters. Uh, <laughs> one one last point I wanted to make, um, and I'll just be brief. Uh, I was thinking about the broader worldwide social political climate at that time. It was right after World War II. Yeah. And so people, a lot of the people who were uh, in Hollywood just a couple of years later, Earlier, we fighting in the Atlantic or Pacific, and Pacific. So a lot of people were still trying to process yeah. what was going on. So you also, you know, you have to take everything into account when we look back on the things and like, wow, that was a no. No one alive in America today went through with you know those people went through mm-hmm. uh, po- during that World War II, and then immediately the rapid social change that happened afterward. I'm not trying to excuse no what, what yeah, these yeah. jerks did, but yeah, uh, and and also. I think the, the hard anti-communist thing was also a sort of uh, domestic react, counter-reaction of what was happening uh, on the world stage, the USS versus yeah US, USSR after yeah, World yeah. War II. And then four years later, uh, after the Chinese Civil War, when the communists won there, yeah. people were paranoid about China yeah. because of, they were communists. So I think there was a semi-entertainment uh, industry... Social proxy war going on in America that maybe kind of reflected what was going on in the world, that, possibly that that's, a possible influence.
2: You know, you both made made an excellent point. I'll try to be quick about this. That after the war ended, when it became U.S. versus USSR for the space race, we were more willing to take former Nazis into the space program yes. rather than someone being accused of com- communism. Oh, like, right. oh that's and, and that changed <laughs> that's in the eighties
1: with or nineties with the U.S.-Russian space station.
2: Right. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Joe, you were talking about when, when Kennedy said, we want to go to the moon in 1960. Mm-hmm. Then, all of a sudden, you saw a lot of Lost in Space. You saw a lot of sh- TV Sci- and movies. came in hard yeah. Yeah. in the 60s. I think, I yeah. think Neil deGrasse. Twilight Zone.
1: I think Twilight Zone yeah. is a perfect example. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you could say, it, it, it also say, hey, we got to beat the Russians into space. So then everything, education, entertainment, everything became about let's get there.
0: Yeah, just a fire people yeah. up yeah i think the closest thing that my generation's experienced along the lines of what you were just talking about um is is uh 9 you know we all went through 9-11 together and there was that muslim backlash yeah and i remember at my previous job uh at a, a public access tv studio i invited some representatives of the muslim unity center to come in and uh this was within weeks of of 9-11 and i wanted to give them an opportunity to say we don't value death more than life because that's something I had read in the wake of 9-11 uh was that all oh, these Muslims you know they they value death more than life and they came in and said that's not true we love life yes. we love people yes. we're all about peace the people that perpetrated that act uh are not like us they're extremists and so so yeah, yeah. we we kind of experienced that and 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 I've I, use the tools that i had to try to give them a voice and say let's not retaliate against that's an right. entire race or religion
2: yep hey i'm i'm an indian hindu so <laughs> when, I, when i grow this out if i go to the if i even right now if i go to the if I, those who was watching i have a full i'm trying to get a basically a full uh, paul bunyan beard here if I, if I if i go to the airport i'm going listen guys i get it <laughs> i get it that's so, right
0: yeah all right. Well, we're just about out of time, just a couple minutes left. Um, really enjoyed the conversation. Like I said, it's a little bit of a deviation in what we normally do, but I think it was some really good hey. conversation here, and, and really, right. it's all about it, movies it, it fits and it If it's the title, there is if definitely that. a crime committed here. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was. crimes from the top down. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, let's hope that we as a society can put that behind us and allow people to express their beliefs. Um, without being persecuted and prosecuted, um, because we're all about freedom of speech and, right. and believing what you want. Just you know, you don't necessarily uh, want to force those beliefs on others, but you have the right and the freedom to believe what you want to believe. And, Amen. Yeah,
2: you know, I'd like to give a tip of the hat real quick to Edward Murrow because he was the one that basically took on McCarthy, and it cost him, you know. But he, that's uh, you're talking about Trumbo, the movie. Good night and good, uh, good luck. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that's. I haven't seen it, but it's a great movie. I heard it's good. Yeah, it talks about that. So yeah, yeah. And again, I just want to
0: really stress that if you haven't seen Trumbo, I know it kind of flew under the radar when it came out. I went to go see it because of its Hollywood connections at the time. I was, you know, looking for movies like uh, Hail Caesar and stuff like that, which also touched on those (laughs) things. We didn't even acknowledge Hail Caesar. That's That's another one that touched on the Hollywood blacklist of that era. So uh, go out and check out these movies and educate yourself. It's it's really fascinating. And, and, you know, you may have an opinion of someone from that period. And then when you learn about them, you, you might. Come away with a different opinion about right. certain certain people from sure. that period.
2: You know, Joe, real quick. Uh, I think we have an announcement, right? Because uh, next, our next episode is going to be covering. We're going to be taking a little bit of a extra week because Marilyn. That's oh. right. So blonde. It, when
0: is that premiering again? I know there. I saw someone post on social media that uh, they think... were attending a, a premiere in a movie theater. So there are people who have seen it. Um. When is it premiere oh, I, on? I I September believe the twenty
1: first. I I believe it was the twenty ninth. Okay, 29th. Okay. okay. Anyway, oh twenty eighth, twenty eighth. Yeah. Okay, so th- that would be uh, Wednesday, the twenty eighth.
0: Okay. Um, so when we return,
1: it, it it is supposedly getting limited release. Uh, I think in New York and L A. So yeah. So the, the the word will start spreading amongst us commoners.
0: Yeah, and I did read one encouraging comment where someone said, um, uh. What's what's the actress's name that plays Anna Marilyn? Darmus. Anna DeArmas. Anna DeArmas. The, the 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 sentence that I read said that she achieved her goal of becoming Marilyn, and that intrigued me. I was like, yeah, I,
1: yep. okay. That was. I, a I heard she's a she's a chameleon in it. So that's, wow, that's cool. Yep. Wow. Wonderful. Right. So
0: next time we get together, we're gonna take a look at Marilyn and maybe some other platinum blondes of that era. Yes. And, uh, Bring our theories to the table as to what really happened. I think there's as much controversy surrounding Maryland's death as there is jfk Can't wait. Can't wait. So uh-huh. when we return, that's what we're going to talk about. I've been looking forward
1: to that. so Me too. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys. I'm Joe Hollywood.
2: Imagine we'll see Pete. Next
1: day. <laughs> I'm WalkerAndrew24 at gmail.com. <laughs> there's that there fancy we go. nickname.